politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the one and only CR podcast here at Blaze Media. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for another terrific week in broadcasting. And we got a lot of exciting news, a lot of terrible news as always, but really want to start the week off with the good news. Obviously, this weekend we passed the 100-day benchmark of Biden's 100 days to wear a mask. Just wear a mask for 100 days and the virus will go away. Well, as we well know, the virus peaked long before the 100 days began. And it was and long before really the vaccine or any of this stuff, we hit herd immunity in most parts of the country. Most places that are surging now is because they didn't have much of it before. So they're going to have it. The vaccine doesn't appear to play that much of a role, but what certainly doesn't play a role is the masochism, the emasculation. You know, May 3rd, today, it is the anniversary, May 3rd, 1946. We always like to talk about this day in history a little bit. When the war crimes trials began for the Japanese, the Japanese war crimes, that's the type of thing we need against the political class that have shut down our breathing and the breathing of two-year-olds and the schooling and the mental health and destroyed American businesses making everyone dependent on government and, of course, big corporations, which is the government, all for nothing, absolutely no gain and only pain. And this is what we've seen. It's become abundantly clear. We have all the data, all the trends, everything And yet, even after Biden has been proven wrong, the 100 days are up, who is holding him accountable? Filing lawsuits so two-year-old kids don't get dragged off planes. Who is inoculating and vaccinating their states from a future viral tyranny? From corporate communism? Who's doing this? Not many. And that is our job. A lot of people have... um, noted that Republicans won this uh, special election or the the jungle primary in the special election because there was a vacancy um, in Texas, District 6, six Ron Wright. They said he died of COVID. In fact, he died of cancer. Um, so there's a vacancy there. And, you know, Trump only won it by about five, six points or something. But Republican candidates cumulatively took 63% of the vote. So everyone's very proud of that. But as I've noted, that's not going to make a difference. We know Republicans will do well in the midterm against radical Democrats when they're in the opposition. They always do. What are they going to do with that power? How are we not going to continue repeating the same mistake? So really the big news is the local news because that's where it's at. We need to elect candidates to local offices that will use the Republican Party only for ballot access but instead use the power they get not to be neutral, but to actively instill and implement our policies with with as much gusto, with as much energy and commitment and unwavering fight as the left implements theirs. We can't be laissez-faire anymore against a malignant force of corporate communism. And that's what it is. It's corporate communism mixed with the cultural decivilization agenda. We cannot 
be neutral. So the good news is you had in these areas in Texas that had municipal elections, entire school boards were wiped away. The critical race theory um, was the big issue. But again, it's not just about banning it. It's about implementing our curriculum. Okay, we can't be laissez-faire. So that's the good news. School boards, that is where the fight is. School boards, county commissions, and state legislatures. Now, folks, as always, this week when we start off, the blood pressure is at its lowest on Monday, but it goes the highest on Friday. We're going to hear crazy stuff this week. So one of the things I do to calm down is drink a cup of wine every night. Down in Argentina, they have vineyards up at 9,000 feet. They make world-class 90-point wine there. Um, Now they're being attacked by racial mobs that are seizing their land, kind of like here. They have their own BLM. The government's not doing anything about it. So naturally, people are snapping up these wines while they still can. They taste incredible notes of blackberry, dark cherry, leather smoke. And they're just as good with grilling steaks as they are with uh, drinking it plain. Today, you guys could get 50% off both on the price and on shipping if you go to conservativewine.com. Yes, that is actually a real thing. Conservativewine.com. They import uh, these delicious Argentine wines. Um, Go there today while you still can. Again, conservativewine.com for 50% off the best-tasting wine on planet Earth. Now, folks, one person who is celebrating the 100 days with a bang is Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida. It always gets back to him because we don't really have an opposition party, so he kind of is the opposition. He announced today that he is blocking every local COVID mandate. Whatever it is, it's done. Effective today because he doesn't want to wait till July when the bill takes effect. So in other words, they passed um, a bill and he signed it into law You know, you have all these governors refusing to give up power. He is willingly ceding his own power, except for when it comes to using the power against local communists. And this is the important thing here. So basically, the the emergency powers, according to this bill, but it's only effective in July, which is why he's taking executive action now, it's... um, It can only go for 60 days before needing to be renewed by the legislature. Um, The bill assumes that K-12 schools must remain open in any future uh, health emergency, even for those 60 days. Um, Also, businesses should remain open, uh, and um, certainly churches as well. And then even during those 60 days, any order issued by the government governor may be overturned by the legislature. Um, if the governor wants it afterwards, it has to be affirmatively voted on by the state legislature. Um, and then localities, it limits the scope of what they can do. They cannot violate rights. Um, they automatically expire after seven days unless the governing body, like the county council or commission votes to uh, continue it, and then even then it it ends after 42 days. And then the governor may invalidate any local order anytime if he determines that it violates uh, civil liberties or is unnecessary. Um, A subdivision may not issue a similar order to one that has expired. It bars any proof of vaccination requirement by any government entity or business. Any local official who is caught violating that gets a $5,000 fine. And 
you know, this is this is SB 2006, so it's got everything in there. Um, the governor just issued again an executive order today, getting a head start on that, nullifying all their orders now, and offering clemency on existing fines that were issued under local orders throughout the past year. Now, folks, we got over in Arkansas, Governor Asa Hutchinson, who vetoed the bill zeroing out the fines, who gutted the the vaccine bill, um, the requirement that or prohibition on businesses requiring it. Again, the corporate communism. Now, thankfully, the one good news out of Arkansas is the bill barring all mask mandates in the future. This is actually the toughest in the country. So it bars all state and local governments. And North Dakota was just state, not local. The governor vetoed it, but they overrode the veto, but they, they gutted the bill. In Arkansas, it applies to localities as well. Um, the governor was too cowardly to sign it or veto it, so he just didn't do anything. And then pursuant to state law, after five days, it automatically became law. So that's some good news going on there. But in general, is it the position of the Republican Party to fight back against the masks? No. But here we are. Here we are, 100 days later, and really... You know, we're on month 15 of this, and we now know that everything the virus does is 100% natural, seasonal, geographical, and it will continue to do what it does until that given area reaches immunity. If for whatever reason there was a natural reason why they didn't have much of it early on, they're going to have it, a lot of it later. If they had a lot of it early on, they're not going to have much of it later. That's the story. Argentina. Argentina had a mass mandate in place since April 14th. Very harsh penalties. Um, as I noted, I can't believe it was over a year ago we talked about this. They actually, um, they forced cremation of people who died of the virus. Yes, they were stuck in the dark ages. And because, um, you know, I saw articles that were obviously Jewish residents that couldn't even get a Jewish burial. Um, that That's how crazy they were. Well... After they were praised for their lockdowns and masks, which saved lives, they are now the world's hotspot, like over a thousand percent increase in cases. So the masks worked until they didn't. Nope, that's not what it was. They didn't have that much of it. They had one wave, by the way, after the mask mandate, but every area has to get two big waves. That's what it appears in order to reach saturation. They didn't have their second one, so now they do. It's that simple. But if you put out any of this on the media, they censor it. And by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, we're now up to the point where a third of average income of people now comes from the government. A third of all income comes from the government. They shut down small business, the bedrock of self-reliance, rugged individualism in this country, destroyed it endlessly at the hands of the very people pushing out this information which is why I need you to help me fight back against big tech. Support our other sponsor today, ExpressVPN. It was dumb of me to go, I can't believe I went all this time not protecting my computers from the censoring, tracking, and spying. The only way big tech has their power is because they sell our information. Well, ExpressVPN makes everything you search or click on anonymous um, by masking your IP address. Yeah, this mask actually does work against the virus of big tech spying on us. When I switch to ExpressVPN, um, every time I turn on my computer, it automatically goes on, iPhone, any other device. 
The VPN masks it and encrypts it from being compromised both by uh, big tech tracking and by just general hackers. You can use it up to five devices on the basic subscription. Takes just one click to protect all your devices. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies and their far left enablers in government. Defend your rights with the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash conservative. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash conservative to get three months extra free. Again, go to expressvpn.com slash conservative right now to stop enabling the rope that hangs yourself. Now, so we had Argentina. We had Argentina. What else do we have? Well, well, for, first, I just want to say that with Argentina. So it's like, as it says in Psalms, the wicked continue to walk in darkness. So, I mean, they've done this earlier and more severely than anyone. So the president, Alberto Fernandez, was like, this is insufficient. So now they came up like with some sort of a curfew or limited operations from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. Because it's definitely the nocturnal spread that's doing it. So that's really going to stop it. And you know what? Inevitably, in a couple weeks, it's going to go down because they're going to reach herd immunity and then they'll credit what failed to work the two other times now suddenly working. And then there's India. Now, India, if you remember, they only had... So so India, India, again, early on, they had a very... They had strict mandates in much of the country. Then they got an early fall spread. They didn't get the late fall winter. They got an early fall spread, and they didn't have much before that. So they kind of had like one mild wave. Wall Street Journal, December 10th, wrote an article, COVID-19 was consuming India and told nearly everyone starting wearing masks. And they credited um, the, they, they quoted local health officials talking about that. NPR wrote an article hailing the success because you had cops out there handing out fines to outdoor joggers that didn't have masks on. And that that's why it didn't spread. Well, as you all know, it has gone up 1,400% since the Wall Street Journal wrote that article, but don't expect them to rescind that to ever write a follow-up on their drive-by. And as we well know, everyone's like, everyone's like, Daniel, what's going on in India now? I'm like, well, India has freaking 15% of the world's population. I mean... <laughs> It, what, what are they up to, over one and a half billion? So there's a lot of cases to be had, and they didn't have that much. Now, by the way, I am working with some people on interesting data analysis. If you remember, we, we talked about this a couple months ago. There are a few provinces or whatever you want to call them, states that are using ivermectin, and they've had much better results, and now it looks like generally they, they, they're finally, unlike Argentina, doubling down on stupidity. India looks like they are headed in a more sane direction. They're realizing this stuff doesn't work, and they might approve ivermectin nationally. The only thing that could alter the trajectory of the virus, not that it alters the trajectory of it, but you know, it, it boosts your immune system in a way that just reverses any of the you know, viral and inflammatory effects. But... And mind you, it's not that India is that bad. It's exaggerated. It's just it was remarkably low given their population. So now they have it. But it's not worse than Europe. If anything, it's still not as bad as most of the European countries. But again, it was nothing. And now it went up 1,400%. So like this every time, every time, every place, it doesn't matter. We obviously see, remember Osterholm? What was it, 10 weeks ago? He said that the Kent variant is going to make this something we've never seen before. (laughs) 
and now it is down nationally. It was down in most of the country the entire last few months. The only places it went up in were Michigan and the Northeast, which had the strictest places, and now they've peaked because they likely reached de facto herd immunity. The um, New York Post has a great article on an analysis conducted by Wallet Hub where they tracked and ranked the stringency levels of all 50 states compared to the spread. Of course, as we've been noting for 14 months, they found zero correlation in the data, nothing going on. But folks, this is where we are. A hundred days later, it doesn't matter. It's a cult. Even Biden's own CDC announced that you could wear a mask. You don't have to wear it outdoors if you're vaccinated. Well, um, Joe Biden announced that during an interview on NBC over the weekend with, who is this guy, Craig Melvin, that he's going to continue wearing it outdoors because it's his patriotic responsibility. There you go. You see, wearing a mask and locking down in response to a virus was just as logically, is just as logical post-vaccine as it was pre-vaccine. That's the truth. It's just from the post-vaccine, from doing it even on children that never were a problem, outdoors, which never was a problem, that just proves definitively that it's a cult and not science. But once you know that, you know even in areas and times and for people that it was a problem, masks and lockdowns do not work. That's where we are 100 days later. It is a cult. It's a religious article. It's like in my religion and, you know, some Catholic clergy, they wear, you know, head coverings, yarmulke on their head. That's what it is. So instead of on the, 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 the skull, the top of the head, it's on your face except you can't breathe. That's all it is. It's that simple. And then there's this crazy article. See, I, I have so many neighbors that, well, I shouldn't say so many. I mean, the majority of them are sane. There's a few of them that they're otherwise logical people. But the thing is, they just cannot imagine that institutions like the CDC are that corrupt. I say this all the time. The beauty of what the government corporate complex does is that what they do is so outrageous and so unbelievable that it's truly unbelievable. No one could believe it. So the more insane they are, the more people believe there's got to be some legitimacy to it because no one could allow people to die and destroy people's lives for something they know that's a lie. But it's not true. They do. New York Post reported the American Federation of Teachers they, they now found in a FOIA request, they found emails showing that they lobbied CDC on their February guidance on how to word it. They wrote a bunch of emails to them. They had meetings with them. There was a flurry of activity between CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky and her top advisors and union officials with Biden breast looped in in the days before the highly anticipated February 12th announcement on school reopening guidelines. Thank you again for Friday's rich discussion about forthcoming CDC guidance and for your openness to the suggestions made by our president, Randy Weingarten, and AFT, wrote AFT Senior Director for Health Issues, Kelly Troutner, in a February 1st email to CDC. We are immensely grateful for your genuine desire to earn our confidence and your commitment to par par partnership. The lobbying paid off in at least two instances they found in FOIA requests obtained by the New York Post language suggestions offered by the union 
that were adopted nearly verbatim into the final text of the CDC document. One of their lines was, in the event of high community transmission results from a new variant of SARS-CoV-2, a new update of these guidelines may be necessary. Well, that language appears on page 22. They also demanded special remote work concessions for teachers who have documented high-risk conditions or at increased risk for COVID-19. Now, mind you, they already have the vaccine. And mind you, they are working in a profession with kids where they're the least vulnerable of any profession because they're with kids. We've been writing about this for 13 months. So now we know that CDC, they knew that children aren't a problem. They knew it, but they changed their language for the teachers' union. So this, this more than anything proves that when you hear CDC, everyone's like, wow, they follow the science. They do follow the science. They follow the political science, and the political science dictates that the teachers' unions and the corporations define what we do. They define the contours of our liberties. They define the way our civilization operates, and that's going to be reflected in their scientific guidance, all built on a lie. We knew months ago from a study in Sweden where they didn't close the schools that not a single school child died, not one. No increased risk for teachers or anything. Author Shannon Alder wrote in the 1970s of the Jonestown cult, be careful of living your life based only on faith and signs or you might find yourself standing in a South American jungle holding a glass of Kool-Aid. Common sense is the foundation of any good testimony. Stuart Stafford wrote, another author, cults tend to follow similar patterns. First is financial exploitation, where members hand over money and assets to increase the cult's power over them and make them dependent upon it. Okay, so that's the lockdowns, the giving, giving over power to big corporations to destroy small cor- companies. Then the sexual exploitation begins, I would argue that's the transgender agenda. Finally, there's physical exploitation involving confinement, punishment, and isolation from family members. If the cult's leader has become delusional enough to think they have godlike power of life and death over their followers, they may demand the ultimate sacrifice, mass suicide. And folks, that is where we are 100 days into Biden's 100 days after 350 prior days of mask wearing and lockdowns and cultish devotion to corona fascism. This is where we are. When you allow a government to have that much power to control the most intimate parts of your life and body up until and including most prominently your own breathing, well, you're going to do anything for the, for you. And indeed we did commit suicide. Our nation does not exist anymore as I say all the time. We need to reconstitute it in some areas where we can better than it was before. This is the surgery God is doing for us. It's been bad off before 2019-2020. We've we've been hobbling along the last 20 to 40 years. Now it's dead. There's nothing to revive. There's nothing. The question is, could we start something new that's much better than anything I grew up with? And Ron DeSantis is showing how you do that. You have to project power. When we get power, we need to use it. For our, for our policies. It's that simple. We need to do that everywhere. We can't be neutral. They can't 
have active legislation criminalizing our lives, but we don't fight back as much. You know, one one um, one uh, example of this that I think needs to be done is in Minnesota. Now they don't have control there, but Representative Eric Mortensen he has a never again bill. It's called the Unilateral Emergency Powers Repeal Act. And then there's another never again bill, SF 2356. Again, this is in um, Minnesota. If they were able to pass this bill, um, it would prevent Governor Tim Walz, our future governor, from taking unilateral, unilateral control over shutting down businesses, churches, locking citizens in their home, similar to what Florida actually did. But here's the difference. It would also create penalties for the governor or government agents who do not adhere to the law. This is what we need. And I would argue we should take it a step further and prescribe jail time. Jail time for any principal, superintendent, school board, anyone who mandates masks. That is how you recognize the science and show you're learning the lessons from the last number of uh, of months. By the way, I, I mean, we talked about this last week, but another FOIA document came out where CDC said they are not aware of any evidence, any, any I'm sorry, any randomized controlled trials supporting the use of masks. This was um, an email sent to Kara Bell. CDC is not aware of any randomized controlled trial that shows that masks or double masking or cloth face coverings are effective against COVID-19. There's experimental data as described below showing that masks block particles. Particles. Notice how they say They actually were pretty honest. Particles. Yeah, they could block some particles, just not the one small enough to carry the virus. <laughs> but this is where we are, folks. It's time we wake up. And we must realize that the fact that this is a cult and they are willing to have cultish devotion to self-immolating policies that destroy individuals and the country at large is not limited to COVID. But everything that comes out of the political class is like that as well. What is the other big issue we're discussing now? What's the other big civilization killer? And that is crime. It was announced over the weekend, California is going to release another 76,000 criminals early. They just, out of nowhere. And and by the way, isn't it funny how emergency powers are used? They used an emergency regulation to not give any public notice. And whatever that department is that runs the prisons there announced that they are extending good time credits to 76,000 people, including violent and repeat felons, which will basically enable them to trim off of their sentences another third. So mind you, 20,000 people have already been let out of California prisons because of COVID. I mean, tens of thousands have been released since the court orders and everything from earlier last decade. And then, um, no, I'm sorry, not 20,000, 20%. The prison population dropped 20%. From coronavirus jailbreak. Just last month they announced the closure of a second prison. Because they don't have enough people to put put in there. Well folks you know where they are. If they're not in prison. They're out murdering and beating. And destroying and ending other people's lives. They're going to apply this. To more than 20,000 people. Serving life without parole. I'm not kidding you. 
these stupid suckers that call themselves conservatives and still have microphones and still somehow have credibility and have larger audiences and sure as heck learn a, earn a lot more money than I do. Like a bunch of idiots allowed the scorpion to hitch a ride on the frog. And the scorpion said, don't worry, it's only first time nonviolent. Low level offenders. Well, they're applying the good time credits to tw- more than 20,000 people. This is, this is from an AP article serving life without parole. Now, it's pretty impressive to serve life without parole in California. That, that takes a lot. It's, that's not every murderer. It's, it's a small subset of them. Most of them don't. Yet they will now be allowed to get out earlier. At the same time, according to the LA police chief, who himself is an idiot, shootings have increased by 73% for the first few months of this year over the same period Last year, 73% increase in shootings. Motor vehicle thefts are up 20%, obviously. Nearly half the shootings, of course, are gang members because gang members aren't being locked up. Gascon, the, 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 what, whatever you call that guy, the district attorney, is pushing sentencing enhancements for nearly 20... Uh, I'm sorry, he, he's prohibiting his prosecutors in the DA's office from going for, you know, like pushing sentencing enhancements that are available for nearly 20,000 convicted criminals, including gang members. So let the criminals out of jail. Don't prosecute the ones going forward. Crime goes up. Vilify the police and police retire. A new survey. So they surveyed like a good chunk. It might have been almost like half the LAPD um, officers participated in this survey. 40% are considering quitting. And this is true everywhere. I mean, I I only went through a few, but you could Google it. You could find every city has a problem. Um, Philadelphia Police Department experienced a seven-fold increase in the number of officers being accepted into their deferred retirement option program that accelerates their retirement. NYPD, obviously the largest department in the country, 75% increase in retirements last year. 2,600 officers quit, 2,746 filed for retirement. That is roughly 15% of their department. Minneapolis, right after the Floyd rioting, murder skyrocketed. They had the second highest number of murders on record last year. Carjackings were up 331%. And by the way, there's, there's interesting statistics that 80% of the victims, of the shooting victims in Minneapolis were black. But you know what he said? A police officer there was quoted in the UK Daily Mail. Again, only the foreign media is willing to do this. One of us is going to get killed and nobody cares. And that's what's said. Nobody cares. Not the citizens, not our brass, not our administration, not our city. They don't care one bit. Evacuate from the cities, folks. CBS are reporting. District of Columbia Attorney General Carl Racine is personally writing letters there's copies of the, you know, correspondence. 200, he wrote a letter to 200 rioters that were burning. Remember the violent riots in D.C. we had? They had to call it the National Guard. 200 of them that he's informing them they will not be prosecuted. And he's requesting the judge seal their arrest records. As, as you well know, in Portland, 92% of all those people arrested during the endless rioting for, well, what's it been, um, you know, 
almost almost a full year now to the date, 92% had the charges dropped. And of course, among the 8% that the charges weren't dropped, you're not going to have hard time being served there. This is where we are. Now, the key is the fight needs to be taken to the woke white liberals. It's not. It's not. You know, I live in an area outside of Baltimore that's middle class, and it's not far from where things are bad. It's not far. So it might be middle class whites that will get to feel it, but it's going to take much longer for the people in the leafy-gated neighborhoods to feel it, which is why I need to move. I mean, we were really shaken up. I mean, this is, this is bad. Less than two miles from me, less than two miles from me, 31-year-old man was gunned down. I don't know if it was crossfire or targeted, but this was a mixed neighborhood, kind of a borderline area. This is not where you typically have it in Baltimore. It's getting bad there, but you you know it's kind of mixed. And this was an Israeli guy visiting a relative here or something. So this is going to be an international incident, gunned down in cold blood. Probably He probably didn't realize where he was going at that time of night. Couldn't imagine that in a country like this, we have greater security problems than where he comes from with the Muslim terrorists. Our inner city crimes, our domestic crime is worse than Islamic terrorism. It really is. Much more ubiquitous. By the way, speaking of, of a Jewish guy, um, attacks on Jews, just reminded me. I don't know if you guys saw this. So, you know, they were, they were talking about New York, how there was... um. They, they couldn't find the perpetrator who was vandalizing Jewish community centers or synagogues and things like that. Well, they caught the guy, 29-year-old Jordan Burnett, and they brought him up on charges in the Bronx. They originally requested 20,000 bail, but the judge let him out with Zippo. Judge Tara Collins in the, Brooks, in the Bronx criminal court let him out after he was charged 42 charges stemming from an 11-day crime spree, okay? An 11-day crime spree. But this is where we are. He smashed multiple cars, windows. I mean, you could imagine the, um, you know, the damage to people's lives. You know, they don't do anything about murder and, and rape and things like that, but, you know, even, even property crimes are pretty devastating. It's often uncompensated. 11-day crime spree, 42 charges, let out without posting a cent of bail, while meanwhile, the people charged with nothing but trespassing didn't even smash windows in the Capitol, held for months, and some of them still are, without the opportunity to post any bail whatsoever. Any bail. Because you see, in the country we live in now, you and I are the terrorists, we are the criminals. The criminals aren't the criminals. Illegal aliens, Muslim terrorists, and domestic criminals let out on the streets. This is from CNN. The Biden administration is considering using outside firms to track extremist chatter by Americans online, an effort that would expand the government's ability to gather intelligence, but could draw criticism over surveillance of U.S. citizens. DHS is limited now it can monitor citizens online without justification and it's banned from activities like assuming false identities to gain access to private messaging apps. But the plan being discussed inside DHS would, in effect, allow the department to circumvent those limits. 
It's using outside entities who can legally access these private groups. This is quintessential corporate communism, American tyranny. The government won't do it. They'll pay off a private entity. So there's always got to be money involved. You know, at least at least you go to North Korea, they're kind of um, more altruistic about it. Here, when you're raping people's lives, someone's got to earn a buck off of it. Venture socialism, corporate communism. So private entities are going to spy on on us for the government by partnering with we, with research firms who have more visibility in the space. DHS could produce information that would be likely be beneficial to both it and the FBI. <laughs> oh boy! Again, folks, this is why I am all for abolishing the police, especially the federal police, DHS, FBI. Why do we need them? They don't secure the border. They don't go after terrorists. Everyone they miss, every attack the FBI misses, they could only be used against us. So you know what? Again, as I've said, I sound like a broken record, but I'll say it again. I'm all for jujitsuing and and using power to jujitsu their stuff. This is what we need to start thinking of. G.K. Chesterton said this already in 1924. It's amazing. Even in 1924, when the leftists were much less um, successful in what they're doing. And, you know, they certainly weren't as crazy and as quick in transforming society. Still, he noted that conservatism as a strategy, not as a principled ideology, but as a strategy, didn't work. The whole modern world has divided itself into conservatives and progressives. The business of progressives is to go on making mistakes. Now, I would argue it's not mistakes, but whatever. The business of conservatives is to prevent mistakes from being corrected. Think about it. I just want you to understand how profound that statement is. The left the, makes mistakes, but, I mean, again, they do it on purpose. And conservatives prevent mistakes from being corrected. How many times have I said, they're all like, well, we can't do this. We're limiting the courts this. The state legislature can't go into session now. It's past the deadline where we can introduce legislation. He goes on and says, even when the business of conservatives is to prevent mistakes, even when the revolutionist might himself repent of his revolution, the traditionalist is already defending it as part of his tradition. I mean, we're finding this, folks, where sometimes, you know, the mass has become so extreme. Oh, Daniel, you want in this red legislature to prevent businesses from doing it? Localities? No, you can't do that. What? What are you talking about? Even when the left is kind of done with the masks. No, that's 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 too too much of a change. He goes on and says, thus we have two great types. The advanced person who rushes us into ruin and the retrospective person who admires the ruins. Man, does that not define the conservative movement? He admires them especially by moonlight, not to say moonshine. Each new blunder of the progressive or prig becomes instantly a legend of immemorial antiquity for this knob. This is called the balance or mutual check in our constitution. <laughs> really good quote there. Um, Pedro Gonzalez, my buddy, put that out. And uh, I, I just thought that that explains exactly what it is. We need to seize and use power wherever we can get it to fight back and fight not just in a certain way, but for the outcomes we want. If you want to be a conservative, get conservative outcomes. Don't be conservative in your strategy, which will do nothing but conserve what the left has done, which is why here we are with mask mandates discredited 
completely, criminal justice reform completely discredited. Yet how many so-called Republicans and even conservatives are full-throatedly opposing either of them? Well, you could count them on one hand. If we want to ensure that we're able to count them on more than one hand, we got to fight back locally on the issues, elections locally. So I'm going to work harder this week to get more state teams for Constitution Action Network uh, off the ground. You can go to conaction.network to sign up as always. Again, send me your comments, questions, concerns to dharowitz at blazemedia.com. Um, what you want covered, we are going to try to get back to having some guests on, some very important guests on everything going on. But again, we skate to where the puck is. Um, we don't go to where the puck was. We are, are, are always ahead of the curve. Those of you who have been with me on the crime issue for many years and obviously the COVID issue in recent um, times, you will realize that uh, we don't go by the group think even on the right. And we keep your attention focused on where it needs to be to win back the culture in the way that matters. So that's where it is. That's why I need you to help this show grow, help our advertisers, because I am truly independent. That is the way to ensure that nobody could get to me. I've been truly blessed in my career to never have been censored, and I, I thank um, The Blaze for that. You know, again, a lot of you will send me emails like, you know, you don't like someone or something within this network. It's a large network. But just keep in mind... Um, this is the same network that promotes me, and they have never, ever censored me. And I'm very thankful to them, and I'm very thankful to God for giving me this opportunity when I can just unleash on this microphone and never hold back. That is what you're always going to get from me. So tomorrow we'll be back, same time, same place. Till then, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.